Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Friday, September 8th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have Justice Brett Kavanaugh, optimistic about self-policing SCOTUS ethics standards, Trump world Peter Navarro found guilty, and a lawsuit brought by an ex-big law attorney against a TikTok influencer. Let's batten down the hatches and secure the sales and also read today's legal news. On this day in legal history, September 8th, 1974, President Ford pardoned President Nixon or former President Nixon, establishing the doctrine of we haven't held our elected leaders accountable to this point and we sure as heck aren't starting now. So on this day in history, we revisit September 8th, 1974, when President Gerald Ford issued Proclamation 4311, granting his predecessor, Richard Nixon, a full and unconditional pardon for any crimes he might have committed during his presidency, particularly concerning the Watergate scandal. Now, therefore, I, Gerald R. Ford, President of the United States, pursuant to the pardon power conferred upon me by Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, have granted, and by these presents do grant, a full, free, and absolute pardon unto Richard Nixon, for all offenses against the United States, which he, Richard Nixon, has committed or may have committed or taken part in during the period from July 20, 1969 through August 9, 1974. If President Ford is to be believed, he thought this step was necessary to heal the nation, stating it was a move to right an end to a national tragedy. It's interesting how that works. Oftentimes, people speak of holding wrongdoers accountable as being the mechanism for closure. Here, it seems, the argument was to just let the whole thing go. This decision was met with widespread criticism, with many alleging a secret deal between Nixon and Ford, leading to Ford's testimony before the House Judiciary Committee, a rare occurrence for a sitting president. In the aftermath, Nixon faced a life of scrutiny and health issues while Ford's presidency was marred by the controversial pardon, contributing to his defeat in the 1976 elections. Despite the initial backlash, Ford's decision was later viewed by the public with a more sympathetic lens, with Senator Ted Kennedy acknowledging the courage it took to make such a decision and the John F. Kennedy Library Foundation awarding Ford the Profile in Courage Award in 2001, which sounds prestigious, but it's handed out to politicians left and right. Ted Kennedy himself won it in 2009, which is ironic, given his history. Google Ted Kennedy Chappaquiddick if you don't follow the reference there. On April 22nd, 1994, former U.S. President Richard Nixon passed away at the age of 81 due to complications following a stroke suffered in his New Jersey home. His death was met with a National Day of Mourning, proclaimed by then-President Bill Clinton, who lauded Nixon as a statesman with a vision for lasting peace and expressed gratitude for his counsel. The announcement of Nixon's death was followed by tributes from various prominent figures, including former presidents and senators, recognizing his contributions and reflecting on his legacy. He was given a state funeral and is buried next to his wife in Yorba Linda, California. Justice Brett Kavanaugh recently expressed optimism that the U.S. Supreme Court will soon take significant steps to enhance its self-regulation concerning ethics. During an event in Cleveland, he echoed Chief Justice John Roberts' earlier statements about the court's commitment to addressing these issues. Kavanaugh emphasized the justice's dedication to upholding the institution's integrity and fostering respect among the American populace, despite potential disagreements over their rulings. The discussion comes amidst growing criticism of the court for perceived ethical violations. While Democrats advocate for a binding ethics code for justices, some members of the court argue that Congress lacks the authority to enforce such regulations on an independent governmental branch. Justice Elena Kagan revealed that the justices are contemplating self-imposed ethics guidelines, acknowledging diverse opinions among them. 
Recent reports have spotlighted Justice Clarence Thomas for not disclosing financial benefits received from Republican donor Harlan Crow and Justice Sonia Sotomayor's staff encouraging institutions to purchase her books during her appearances. Furthermore, Kavanaugh suggested that the court should consider more cases in the upcoming term, aiming for around 75 cases, a significant increase from recent years. He also criticized the trend of crafting judicial opinions with potential social media reactions in mind, urging judges to maintain the gravity and respect inherent in the judicial process. We should, of course, keep in mind the fact that Brett Kavanaugh himself has been credibly accused by three women of assault. The legal troubles for Peter Navarro, a former advisor to Donald Trump, began in earnest when he was subpoenaed by the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack on February 9th, 2022, to provide documents and testimony regarding the Capitol riot. Despite the subpoena, Navarro refused to comply, publicly defending his noncompliance in media appearances. He claimed that Trump had invoked executive privilege on his behalf, a claim that lacked substantiating evidence and was further undermined as President Joe Biden, who had the sole discretion to assert such privilege, did not do so for Navarro. Navarro's refusal to adhere to the subpoena led to a contempt of Congress charge, which was followed by an indictment on two counts by a grand jury in June of 2022. Each count pertaining to noncompliance with document production and testimony subpoenas carries a potential one-year imprisonment sentence. Navarro was arrested at Reagan National Airport amidst plans to travel to Nashville, an event marked by allegations of harsh treatment, which were later partially acknowledged by U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta. Navarro's legal defense centered around the assertion of executive privilege, a claim he stated was made at the behest of Trump. However, Judge Mehta rejected this defense in January of 2023, highlighting Navarro's failure to provide any evidence supporting Trump's directive to invoke the privilege, a stark contrast to other advisors like Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino, who produced letters from Trump instructing them to assert the privilege. Navarro's attempts to dismiss these charges and argue against the procedural validity of the subpoena were also rejected by the court. During the trial, which commenced with jury seating on September 5th, 2023, Navarro chose not to testify in his defense or present any witnesses a strategy that proved unsuccessful as he was convicted on both counts of contempt of Congress after a two-day trial. The conviction, which mirrors that of another ex-Trump aide, Steve Bannon, from the previous year, leaves Navarro facing potential imprisonment of up to a year and a fine of $100,000 for each count, with sentencing scheduled for January 12th of 2024. Former Greenberg Trowering patent litigator Alan Kasanoff has filed a lawsuit against social media influencer Robert Harvey, accusing him of defamation, cyberstalking, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. The lawsuit, which seeks over $150 million in damages, alleges that Harvey's videos on platforms like TikTok, where he has over 3 million followers, portrayed Kasanoff as an abusive spouse and father, leading to his job loss and financial downfall. These videos, which began appearing on May 31st, included alleged clips of Kasanoff verbally abusing his ex-wife, Catherine, amidst their divorce and custody battle over their three children. Kasanoff insists that Harvey disseminated misleading videos recklessly, disregarding the truth. The lawsuit representing Kasanoff and his children also includes another plaintiff, Constantine Gus Dimopoulos, Kasanoff's attorney, who accuses Harvey of defamation and harassment. Kasanoff maintains that his ex-wife collaborated with Harvey to fabricate a story about her having terminal cancer, which further fueled the defamation campaign, resulting in his resignation from Greenberg Traurig. The firm has established a trust fund for Kasanoff's children following his departure, and the case is ongoing. And with that, I thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, you can find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew, and my co-host Gina is at Gina. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it is explicitly not legal advice. 
Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. If you haven't checked out the website in a while, give it a look. There are complete transcripts and resources for each episode and its corresponding segments, as well as an opportunity to receive new episodes in email newsletter form should that happen to be your jam. All of the links to stories we cover will also be available on links.esq.social, which is our link aggregator in the Fediverse. We'll see you back here on Monday. And until then, remember, the best revenge is massive success. Second best is just living better. And if you can't do either of those, just put dog poop on their doorstep. <laughs>